coming to you dead in front of a dead studio audience. 31 days, 31 podcasts. It's Helpful Snowman Pottoween 2023. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Pottoween 2023, day whatever the hell this is. We're doing uh, Halloween specials or special episodes, and today is Beavis and Butthead, Bungholio, Lord of the Harvest. <laughs> um, so first, uh, I started watching this one, and uh, there were no music videos in it. And I was like, huh, that's weird, because uh, I guess for anyone unfamiliar, the way the format of Beavis and Butthead is that they have like a, you know, an adventure, we could call it. And then cut in between is them commenting on music videos, kind of doing a mystery science theater, but with movie videos, and they're really stupid. Uh, Beavis and Butthead are. Um, it turns out that I guess this did air with music videos. In fact, this aired November 1st, 2008 at 12 a.m. So technically, I'm still calling that Halloween. I mean, midnight Halloween, uh, 12.01, November 1st, AM, is still Halloween. But um, it was the last episode to be aired on MTV in the U.S. with music videos until June 23rd, 2022. So for, what is that, 14 years? This would be the last appearance of Beavis and Butthead with music videos. So my suspicion is, the version I saw was probably a rip from a VHS, uh, which probably didn't include the music videos. And this is kind of the great tragedy of Beavis and Butthead, is that I'm, I'm normally a copyright-friendly guy as far as, like, I, I don't know. I understand why it exists, and I'm not some dweeb who's like, all art should be free, and if you make art, you should do it because you love it. Um, and you know, cause whenever people say stuff like that, I'm like, okay, 15 year old who read their first communist manifesto or whatever. I mean, I, I think the easy counter to that, right. Is if you love art, then you should be willing to pay for it. It shouldn't be a problem. And you know, when you live in a, a capitalist society, uh, things cost money because in order to make those things, you have to spend money. Anyway, um, this horrors of capitalism and copyright. So the thing with the Beavis and Butthead stuff is like it's impossible to basically get the copyright from all these different musicians or record labels or whatever, right? To be to like put a Beavis and Butthead DVD together is a uh, rights fucking nightmare. Um. So it's kind of a shame, but I went ahead and went back and watched the music videos that they would have seen in the original episode on, on their own. So one was Alice Cooper's Teenage Frankenstein, uh, which I, I enjoyed as a song. They mostly spent the time talking about, but had summarized the plot of Frankenstein, which he didn't do terribly. It wasn't horrible. Um, you know, I, if, if he wrote that down and turned it in as a report on the book, I'd be like, well, I think he read it. I don't know if he understood it, but he read it. So, you know, points there. Um, one is a guy, Paul Bruchek, 
Hollywood Halloween, um, in which they recounted a tale of Beavis's mom had a Halloween party where someone came dressed as Colonel Sanders and then banged his mom. That's mostly what I remember. There was also some discussion of what if you had an eyeball in your butt. And, and um, they watched King Diamond, the family ghost, and they did not like King Diamond at all. Um, and, you know, we're, they said some pretty cutting things. You know, they were talking about how it's like, this guy is probably like a dad and, you know, uh, has kids who they're just at home or whatever. And then he's like, well... I got to go to work and he has to put on all this makeup and do all this stuff, you know, and how, how just sad that is. And I was like, oof, that's cutting. That's so much worse than just, you know, the normal thing. Um, so the basic plot here is uh, Beavis and Butthead are at home. Some trick-or-treaters show up. They think they're supposed to take the trick-or-treaters candy, so they do. A guy shows up and beats the shit out of them and takes the candy back. And then, so then they, that's how they learn what trick-or-treating is. So they try to come up with costumes. And uh, there's, a, there's also an excised scene from this that made me think this was probably a VHS rip because I guess in the original broadcast, and that's like the only place you can find it, um, Beavis comes out wearing a winger t-shirt and says he's dressed as a wuss before singing a line from a winger song, uh, 17. And I guess that was cut because apparently the story is that uh, Winger threatened a lawsuit if they didn't cut it out, which is um, a pretty crazy reason to sue somebody, I guess. I mean, it's obviously well within fair use, but, you know, this is this is the thing, right? It's like, well, you're just you're just threatening them with a lawsuit because you know what's going to happen. You know, MTV is going to be like, look, just fucking cut it out. like. It's going to save us $10,000 just to cut it out. We're not going to lose, but at the same time, you know, just the, the threat of it is not worth it, right? Um, so anyway, then they, they trick-or-treat. They get a bunch of candy, and Beavis turns into the great cornholio, which is when he pulls his shirt. So the uh, neck hole of his shirt is, like, below his chin and then up to the crown of his head and his face peeking out the front. And he holds his arms up uh, at like a right angle. So the, how, do you, how would you describe this? I don't know, kind of like a field goal thing, except bent at the elbows, whatever. Um, and then he just runs around saying he's the great Cornholio and needs TP for his bunghole. Which this was, uh, this was what got Beavis and Butthead banned from our household as children. Because my uh, younger sister started going around doing a great Cornholio impression, and that was a little too much for our parents, which wasn't unfair, because she was awfully young. I remember, though, we were having a, a minor... We were having a discussion about it, because it's like, no more Beavis and Butthead, because it's not appropriate for her to say, I need TP for my butthole. They didn't want her saying butthole. And I remember the discussion is, was like, he's not saying butthole, he's saying bunghole. It's fine. You know, it was not compelling. Not unsurprisingly, that was not compelling evidence to our parents. Uh, so anyway, uh, he's going around doing that thing. And then Butthead gets kidnapped by some teenagers. Now, one of my favorite jokes. Uh, let's take a detour and do my favorite 
my favorite jokes from this show. One of them is that, uh, okay, so you're going to hear the audio. Beavis is walking down the street being Cornholio, Butthead's kind of chasing after him, and then a group of teenagers show up. I am Cornholio! I need Rolios for my bunghole! Beavis, get back here with that candy before I kick your ass! Hey man, move your ass out of the street. Are you threatening me? What did you say, punk? Do not underestimate the power of the almighty bunghole! Alright, here we go. This is messed up, man. Oh, you think this is funny? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That made me laugh when he's like, Oh, you think this is funny? And he's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so many levels. It's so many levels of a joke. Because Butthead is A, uh, correct. You know, he's like, aren't you being funny? Isn't that what you're doing? But also is like, just being honest. He's like, I do find it funny that you're threatening my friend. <laughs> and then it's, it's such a weird thing because he's like, he's being correct and being honest, but also they're pissed off. He's like, oh, you think this is funny? Um, and he's like, yes, I do. And you're sort of like, yeah, I mean, weren't you trying to, you know, have a laugh or something at Beavis's expense? I don't know. Something about that just really cracked me up because he was just, the character is like uh, invincible to, he's so dumb that he doesn't know that this is like a threatening situation and that he should be uh, you know, more careful with what he's saying. The other favorite joke I had, and this is a joke I definitely would not have appreciated until like maybe the last couple years even. They go trick-or-treating at Mr. Anderson's house, who is basically proto-Hank Hill. And so he's like telling them he's not going to give them candy or whatever, but then his phone rings. And his like phone conversation that he's having is so fucking funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now, hold on a minute. Well, John Thomas, how long's it been? That long, huh? My, my. Oh, sure, I got Dick's number. Hold on a minute, I got it wrong. <laughs> well, John Thomas, how long's it been? That long, huh? That's like, it's... I could never appreciate this as a teenager, obviously. The core audience for this would not think that's funny. There's no fucking way. But as an, uh, you know, middle-aged adult now, I think that's so hilarious. Because it's like, that is exactly what old guys are like on the phone. Exactly. So anyway, Butthead gets abducted by the uh, teens who take him out to basically the countryside and just leave him. And then he's walking around, um, whatever, and there's like a creepy, creepy farmer out there who seems murdery and has a sh uh, barn. So anyway, um, and then Beavis, you know, follows on foot as Cornholio and shows up. And then it seems that Butthead's already been zombified or something. And Beavis gets tied up in the barn and they murder him with chainsaws. And that's kind of the end. 
So it very much is a Halloween episode that does the Halloween episode thing of like, this isn't a real, it's like the rules don't apply on Halloween. And it's like sitcoms and comedy shows especially decided like, you know what? The normal rules don't apply, which is very in the spirit of Halloween as I understand Halloween, because my understanding of Halloween is that it's like, it's kind of a reversal, right? Like, kids who don't really have any power over adults get to threaten adults with trick-or-treat. And so it's like, better give us candy. And it's like, adults have to give kids tribute uh, for, you know, just being there. So it is kind of like a flipping of things. And that's as far as I'm going to take that, because I don't want to get overly analytical about an episode of Beavis and Butthead. But also, you know... I, th- I think that expresses expresses the thing. This episode does also have what I consider a very Hollywood thing uh, that I've noticed in a lot of scary movies, which is like when you grow up in a, a more rural place, uh, even if it's kind of suburban rural, I I don't particularly find like a farm to be a frightening place, a scary location. You know, and like around here, a lot of people like when they get their engagement photos and stuff will go to like an old dilapidated barn. Um, but I think people in Hollywood seem to find barns terrifying because, you know, how many slasher movies is there a barn? And there's always like some crazed farmer, you know, who killing people or whatever. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like you see very few movies where it's like they have to be removed. The characters have to be removed from the the city where it's totally safe and taken out to the country. And that's where the danger happens. It's like the beginning of get out when they're driving out to the country, you know, and it's like rural. Cause it, it's got this feeling of like, well, this would never happen in a city. And it's like, wouldn't it though? I mean, yeah, seems very safe, safe, safe for all peoples in a city, right? There's no danger. 